Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people that make the Thingdoms what it is. Today, we're talking to two incredible community members that consistently bring energy to the Thingdoms. I'm talking about none other than I am Tyler and Reby. I hope you enjoyed this interview, but more importantly, I hope you learned something. Thank you all for agreeing to come on today. Ruben, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Yeah, um, so I guess with my crypto journey, I started back around 2016, 2017, and uh, I was working in sales. So I didn't really have a hell of a lot to throw at it. Um, Kind of paper handed almost everything I had back then. And uh, in the meantime, I've been working pretty hard to build a couple businesses um, and my main ones ended up doing fairly well. So in the last couple of years, I decided to to get back into it and had a bit of fun. And um, I guess uh, the roads all lead to NFTs nowadays. And um, yeah, that's that's the brief, the more brief version of of my background. But basically, it's you know mainly in advertising, digital advertising, and stuff like that. Um, so anything tech tech, I'm in love with. That's great. Um, and Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? So ironically, the story is actually quite similar to Ruben's. Um, I got into crypto around 2016, 17, um, watched, and again, without much money. Um, I think I was just starting in business at this point. And for anyone who's ever been in business and just starting, money is scarce and you know, $500 feels like 50,000 at that point. And so, you know, I threw it through, I think I threw like 500 or a thousand bucks into crypto um, just as Bitcoin was starting to get a bit um, popular, watched it turn from 500 to a thousand, thought I was going to be a millionaire. And uh, and then I, I saw it dip like 10% or 20% in a day. And I just totally paper handed it, <laughs> did, did the whole, oh, that's it. Crypto. I knew it was a scam. This shit's stupid. And stayed out until around 2018 or 19 and you know i i grew up a bit more and and kind of understood economics a little more and dug into a little more about what you know crypto really represented and ended up down the wormhole and then i found nfts and i was late to crypto because i gave up in 2017 and so I didn't want to be late to NFTs. And so there were enough people talking about it that I thought it was a good time to get in. Got in around August 2021, just to just around the peak. Um, and then it's just been a very unhealthy addiction ever since. <laughs> I think uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of people can relate to the uh, unhealthy addiction part and the paper handing part. Um, yeah. Very relatable stories. Tell us a little bit about how you two know each other. Oh, this is good. Um, this is so story. we're, yeah, we're both like the funny thing is with NFTs and crypto is it's so scarily similar to what we do for work, which is paid advertising. Um, it's basically like it gives you that same adrenaline rush. Um, so it's no surprise that we both come from the same industry. And um, I, so there's a, there's an event in December, usually in Bangkok called Affiliate World. Um, and basically it's, it's basically just a giant drinking session dressed up as a marketing knowledge event. So I was over there. I, I, I like to travel on my own a bit. So I was just over there, um, bumped into Tyler and a few other Aussie guys and amongst heaps of other people. And we just ran around for a week going to parties and rooftops and all sorts of shit. And we've been mates ever since. 
Yeah, pretty you much learned that. a lot about <laughs> you learned a lot about marketing. I take it. Yeah, yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's you funny, absorb the you know, information like, better a few beers yeah. deep. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, you know, like just doing that and hanging out with smart people who do what you do doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're going to pick up on that knowledge and generally when people have been on the piss they're they're pretty sharing with knowledge so they yet you get people end up telling you things that they didn't mean, mean to yeah. little here hidden opportunities and stuff <laughs> and it's the it's the networking ability as well because really yeah. it was from that event that Ruben and I have stayed connected and since then the dude's been to my wedding and shit and yeah <laughs> you know since then it's <laughs> since then it's just kind of grown from there it's actually quite it's, it's quite a funny story but yeah. it's a uh, our industry is quite like it's it's diverse in the sense that it's international, but it's also quite connected. So when events come together like this, it's like you're catching up with your mates that you've known your whole life, which is quite funny. But um, like Ruben said, this our, our industries are quite similar in the sense of you know you can watch, you know you can very quickly watch a dollar turn into two dollars really quickly in, in our industry, and it becomes quite addictive. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of mentality as uh, NFTs, which I think is is why the the allure is there. Um, it's, it's quite funny, actually. I remember having a conversation with Ruben, um, last year when I'm trying to push him into NFTs and he's just like, nah, they're dog shit. I'm going to stick with crypto. He's just, just came out of a, never said that guys, (laughs) just came, just came out of a, just came out of like a healthy position and I'm just trying to push him into it thinking he's just going to dabble and maybe buy like one, one of these um, NFTs that I was holding. The dude comes out and what'd you do it? You end up buying like well, three or three four creatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like three creatures and- for three ETH each. I was oh, like, no. oh. and I mean, mind you, at this we time, I think I had like, that. I had like six or seven. So like, it's not like I was trying to get into pump my bags without being invested myself, but it was just so funny. He bought, bought at the worst time. And you know, that's what friends are for. They make you buy dumb shit at the wrong time. And since then he's, but it was, it was funny. Actually, Ruben is, has been the, the bad influence on me. That's, that's really pushed me to buy more things than I probably would have ever expected to, to make otherwise or to buy otherwise. So- so let's talk um, broadly about NFTs. You said a part of what draws you to it is kind of the the money multiplier that you kind of also have in, in your normal business. Was that it or, or were there other factors of the NFTs that drew you to them on the tech side or the art side? I've got a really big thing on this task. Sorry, so I'll just no, go for it. jump in here. Um, I would say yes, like the initial, like I don't think many people are honest about this. Like they're mainly attracted to NFTs because of money. But the thing that actually keeps me around is the community aspect of NFTs. And I that's what fascinates me the most about it. Um, we always thought in advertising that we had tight communities and like great communities, but I just feel like not every NFT things, especially. Um, I feel like the communities are so strong and they're not, they're also not um they're not serious, which I like. Um, anyone who knows me, I don't really take myself too seriously. And the thing that always bothered me within digital marketing is everyone's trying to act um, like an executive in a profession. Yeah, like they're like they're a big shot. And I once you remove all that ego and you just have people connecting, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So that's the main thing. And then if the art draws me, I won't buy anything where I don't love the art. Um, I know that phrase gets overused, but like. I, I really enjoy the thing art um, and I just won't buy something that I don't love. Um, so, yeah. So for me, for me, it's quite similar. Um, I got in because I saw it as an opportunity to compound growth. I, I had a feeling that 
um, Ethereum as a as a uh, as a crypto itself was always going to continue to grow. Um, obviously, it's it's an infinite supply, but it was always going to continue to grow because the demand was going to be there. And and you know, as a transactional currency, it made sense to me. But I saw NFTs as a way to compound and multiply that. So more of a you know financially smart play is what I went into. Uh, I didn't realize that as uh, Ethereum goes up, people seem to just dump their projects. <laughs> so that, it didn't work out as well as I thought, but um, my, <laughs> the the plan was always to compound the growth of both the NFTs in, in a good project as well as the Ethereum price overall. Um, and, it, you know, in a sense, it, it definitely has done that as well. Um, but I was also fascinated about the psychology behind it and, and coming from a marketing background, uh, I'm definitely a nerd when it comes to human behavior. So learning and, and observing what makes a project tick, learning and observing what doesn't make a project tick, why one will pump and the other one won't besides influences and how these meta trends start. And, and really now, especially especially at the start of this year, how things have just gone crazy for certain meta trends has been really fascinating to me. And so that's what kind of hooked me to stay. Obviously, the, the gains and, and the uh, potential upside is fantastic. And the community is one part as well. When you can find people who are just like you and the art and the, the kind of uh, attitudes and behaviors that people have, can, you know, brings the best out of everyone. They're the right communities to stick with. Doesn't always mean that they're going to have the highest price um, because obviously, again, there's, there's so many different factors that will raise the price, but they're the ones that you want to stay in because they're the ones you can really identify with and, and see yourself being with long-term. And I think once all the, you know, this is like early stage crypto to me, 2017 crypto, everything just pumped just because it was new. And that's kind of similar to what we're experiencing now. And those that are going to survive are the ones where people are evangelists for. They got something unique about them. They got something where people want to belong, want to exist. And it's kind of what, you know, has led me to, to hold the projects I hold now. When I think realistically, the only project I hold at the moment that's a serious hold is is things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. It's also time, you know, like you got to mm. you got to pick one. I, I'm not, a, unless you're doing NFTs full time, I don't think it's viable to be switching between 20 different projects like go long yeah. on a couple that you love and stay involved in the community how many are you up to now ruben 41 i think <laughs> <laughs> when he says go long he means go long yeah i went real long i don't have to i don't have 200 though i'm still i'm just a minnow <laughs> hey you're almost at half a percent that's pretty yeah big. Yeah, half a percent cool. of the collection. I yeah. um I agree a lot on the community side and and with everything you guys said. I personally think Thingdoms also has a, a really strong community there. How did Thingdoms come across your radars? Like, how did you first find out about it? I'm gonna just be honest and say Tyler. Tyler got me onto it early. Yeah, so he'd be a better one to talk about this. Yeah. So, so I got into it from because things came out just after doodles came out and doodles kind of started the locked discord craze. And so, um, Thingdom started that as well. I think I was one of the first 600 people in the discord or something for Thingdoms. And, um, so I was already in there, but I was just vibing with the way that they would open up their discord and whatever else. And I was just engaging with their Twitter. And in doing so I was given a link and I was like, Oh, I'm already in there but can I give this link to a friend? He goes, yeah, sure, go for it. I think it was Luke or Owen, whoever was managing the uh, the Twitter at the time. And so oh, I give it to Ruben. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I gave you the link. And then the link didn't work because he took too long. 
And so I, I went back to them. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I went back to them and said, hey, that link was broken. He couldn't get in. And so anyway, and I literally just told Ruben, I was like, hey, just go down. I think he just had to verify as like an early thing yeah. or something. And, and you got that early thing tag, which yeah. got him on the whitelist. But yeah, if it weren't for that, he definitely wouldn't have been involved up but, by now. And also, isn't it an interesting thing that uh, Luke and Owen didn't make you grind? And I basically, through just being in the Discord, I wasn't really that active early on at all. Um, and just by not encouraging that culture, they've got someone like me who's going to buy 40-plus things, whereas if they had had me sort of like wasting my time playing Pretending games and grinding, yeah. I wouldn't be around anymore. So yeah. there's a lot to be said for that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think the grinding for whitelist stuff is probably a trend. I don't think it really leads to stronger communities in any way. Um, it's, if anything, it's, they die. You get a lot. You yeah. get large numbers. Like you've seen it in Mecca. You've seen it in Hapes. I mean, both the arts been disappointing for those. But you're seeing it again in Internet Friends. Like it's never going to sustain, and it's unhealthy, and it's all fake. And the thing mm. with Thingdoms is the communities never changed and never wavered because it was always authentic. Because it wasn't an incentive. It was just hang out and have fun. Do you know what I mean? And so it's never mm. really changed from that. And so I think it's. Everything that they've done, they've done a fantastic job of really shaping the culture of the community. And I think that's really hard to do because people have to see it, interpret it in a way without you pushing it. Mm. And, you know, naturally, there's never been floor talk. There's never been anything. It's just been such a healthy community of people just all having fun. So mm -hmm. it's it's good. It's it's very different because yeah, you will have other projects saying our bags aren't pumping and blah blah blah. Like you you'll jump into the holders chat and people are literally just dropping snipes the entire time saying, "Hey, this one's yeah. this one's golden." You're and basically you know checking it, it any time. Stolen. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, the the most impressive thing is that because it has been built organically, it's completely self regulating. I know there's you know the mods and stuff, but. Like from what I can see, they don't have to do a hell of a lot of work, you know, like the the community self-regulating in the sense that it just has good people in there um, and paper hands. There were a few at the start, which I, I found really amusing. Like there was a few that jumped in and were like whining and stuff. And in, in fairness to all of us, we were pretty nice to them. Like we, we didn't rib them, um, but yeah, they soon disappeared on the first palm. Saw themselves out. Yeah. <laughs> I bought their things. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pivot a little bit. Tyler, you, when you un or revealed your things, uh, you got a oh, lot of fucking mental. Can you that tell us insane. a little bit about that experience? Like, what is that so, feeling like? So it, it was actually quite funny. I remember Ruben and I, and you could, I, I could almost like find a screenshot you where could, I was just yeah. saying to him, we were making jokes. Like, imagine if, Imagine if we one of us get a one of one because both had two unrevealed, and I was, and then we're making jokes. I was like, I'm gonna manifest this, and we're both just being like, <laughs> yeah. like just super cheesy, having a joke saying we're just manifesting boss babes, and we're, all, we're both <laughs> gonna get a one of one. And then everyone's like, oh, things it's starting to reveal, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, mine haven't revealed yet, and so I'm refreshing metadata because you know it's kind of like you're playing the lottery at this point, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I'm, I remember seeing it and they were all the same and percentages weren't out yet. It was all just like new trait or whatever. And so I'm like, they're all matching. I'm like, fuck, this could be like a one of one, not knowing 
if there was going to be a lot of them or if there was going to be a few. And I'm like, and so I messaged you, Ruben, I'm like fucking hammering on my keyboard. <laughs> holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, like freaking out, not knowing what the hell is going on. And I'm waiting for it to reveal and I could see the traits, but I couldn't see the image yet. And I'm jumping into the Discord and I'm freaking out. And it's just going back and forth. Like, but yeah, my heart was racing. I'm just fucking amped because I've never had a good, a good mint like that ever. So it was, uh, and because I was so invested in into like things as well and like being a part of the community, I thought it was mental. It was awesome. Yeah, I've never seen someone so hyped. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was typing with his face, like these messages were like jumbled, <laughs> yeah. like, holy well, fuck, man. You didn't respond straight away. <laughs> yeah. You didn't respond straight away either. So I'm like, check Discord. I'm like yeah. fucking hammering going, check your fucking phone. I'm like doing everything. Then I start texting <laughs> him because he's not responding. So I'm yeah. just can hammering him in old channels basically trying to get his attention because no, no one else that i that i really talk to is into nfts and i i really am not the guy that pushes it on people because honestly yeah. if anyone asks me what i think about them i say they're trash just because i don't want to be the person that they <laughs> come to for advice or say oh i found this on instagram is this a good project like don't i like so it's just easier if i say they're bad news you're probably going to lose money I'm not going to give you any advice for it because it's just safer. Don't get Otherwise, into my addictions. <laughs> seriously, yeah. That, that would be like someone saying, hey, I'm thinking about getting on some hard drugs and, and what do you think? It would be like, no. <laughs> no, because it's a very unhealthy addiction that's bad for you. <laughs> oh, shit. So let's zoom out, right? This addiction right now around NFTs may or may not exist. Uh, in the future, where do you see this all going in 10 years? Like, what does the technology evolve into? What does the space change into? What are kind of the macro thoughts you guys have on this? I'll let you go first, Tyler. I think, I think that the evolution will be that people are going to look back and the fact that they only used to, this technology for cute pictures, people are going to laugh at and say, how stupid was that? I think the, the technology and the fact that it can be verified like it's, it's verifiable, basically, like verifiable ownership. Um, there's so much opportunity there to bridge the gap between Web2 businesses into Web3, and it's all through that. So whether it's memberships, whether it's access, um, there's there's so many different ways that it can adopt and, and, and grow or adapt and grow. Um, and I just don't think we're even at the start of it. I don't think it needs to be revolutionary innovation. I just think it's going to be a bridge of the current Web2 businesses and the way that things are done and finding a way to bring it into Web3. I know Ruben and I have spoken about a couple of different concepts just because when you're in business, it's kind of all you think about. Um, but I just think that it's still very early and a lot of people are going along the same trends because there's obviously a lot of money to be made if you're making shitty projects and just you know pumping out projects. And you know more credit to them because they're making a killing and if people are stupid enough to throw their ETH into trash, you know it's kind of a tuition fee, call it. Um, and so, but I think that inevitably as maturity grows in this market, more people become aware of what there is, uh, you know, what is capable of this space, you know, the, the shitty projects will die off the, the copycat projects, the meta trends, all that kind of stuff will die off. And the trend, the, the technology itself, I think is going to flourish, but it's going to take people adopting that technology into the real world. I think the way that Gary V tries to talk about it with certain things is a bit silly to an extent. Like some, some things are extreme. Like he talks about 
um, you can do receipts and stuff. And yeah, you can do receipts, but no one wants to buy a fucking receipt from a, a dinner or a basketball game. Like you're just not going to. Yes, you can do it, but that, you know, unlimited supply and it just becomes a bit silly. Certain things, yes, other things, no, but there will be, it's going to be exciting to see how you can bridge it and there's opportunities there for sure. Mm. I think I think just an extension to that as well, basically. Um, I think in go, going forwards, the word, the buzzword utility will actually have some practical meaning. I think it gets thrown around too much and then it ends up being utility just for the sake of slapping A utility robot. on something. Yeah. Like uh, poker nights are not utility, like in my opinion. Um, so, but I, I'm, I'm always thinking about how we can utilize it in our business. The, the biggest roadblock is user adoption. Like I, I do think though that the PFP thing will become less of what NFTs are about, uh, like PFP cartoons, but it will always be there because um, it's essentially like your your Web3 identity. It's like where if you've got a bake, it's like wearing a, Rol- a Rolex or something like that. It's the, you know, it's the Web3 flex. Um, so that'll never go away. But I think there'll be less projects with 10E flaws coming out you know, post mint, like, I think that that's just dumb money flying in. Um, and that'll all go flying out at some point. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's interesting to see because as you guys said, there's a chance that a couple of these brands come out or or not even a chance, but a very high probability that a number of these brands come out of this cycle. Mm. But not all of them will as people with marketing backgrounds and, and pretty substantial ones where do you kind of see those key decisions being made around these brands? Like what's going to pick the winners out from the losers? I think the market's going to decide. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the ones that people can identify with most and, and what that signals to the, to the marketplace. So doodles people can identify with because they can, I mean, for most of them, not, not the women's with the beards or the moustaches, but the ones that look similar to people, they will have it as their digital identity because it looks like them. You can't mm-hmm. do that with apes. The, the art is friendly, it's unisex, it's it's appealing. I personally think Doodles, if anything's going to survive out of all of the big brands, it's going to be Doodles mm. because not only do they have a, a long-running history both in art and in Web3 already, so they're very well advanced there, but they're, they are building, they're working, they're very active, they're docs from the start. Like they, they, To me, that kind of project will survive. Um, other projects, it, it, like I said, it really just depends on the community because these are all community-led in one way or another. Mm. And th- as long as, one, the community can rally around it and sustain, doesn't have to, the price doesn't have to continually go up. But as long as it sustains, when people start to see that people are having a good time within a community, inevitably it becomes addictive and people want to grow. It's when a community can't stick together or they have no reason to stick together and there isn't a... Uh, a purpose for for you know wanting to continue to hold it outside of just the price. If people only come in for price, they're going to leave when it's not going up. And so I think that's becomes a real dictator. But again, it all just depends on the market. People can shift, ideas can shift, um, the economy can shift. Like this is a volatile and very illiquid space. Like so, you never know. Like crypto could crash and it could pump NFTs, or crypto could crash and NFTs crash at the same time. So you know, it, it, it's very hard to predict. I think that it really comes down to crypto Twitter at the moment or NFT Twitter, because that seems to be where a lot of conversations are had and whatever the market is going to decide as, as you know, consistent or not. Yeah. I think as well, it, uh, what 
will determine the success of a project is what that project says about the person who, who owns that particular project. So it's actually as much as it's down to Luke and Owen, it's down to us as a community for us to act in a way that says this is what this project's about. Like if we're going around just shilling and, you know, acting like a bunch of lunatics, then would you want to be represented? You know, would you want to say I'm part of that community, you know? So it's actually, it's heavily down to us. Um, and I think Luke, his background really lends itself to brand building. Um, just having worked on some big, larger brands, he sort of knows, I can tell he, he knows what to do. Um, also, I've really liked that they haven't been reactive. They're always proactive. They don't, you know, when 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 the landscape changes, you, you don't see them do, change a thing. They're proactive all the time, whereas you see a lot of projects are very reactive. And I think strong brands are always proactive rather than reactive. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's hugely on us, I think and how we conduct ourselves as a community. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with I Am Tyler, you can find them on Twitter at T underscore underscore NFT. And if you'd like to connect with Rebean, you can also find them on Twitter at R-E-E-E Bean. If you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at It's Luca WM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Rebean and I'm Tyler for coming on today. You guys were incredibly interesting to listen to and had some insightful things to bring to the table. Thank you. And to the entire Thingdom community, thank you for your endless support. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have recommendations for someone that should be featured on the show, DM me on Twitter or on Discord. I'd love to hear your recommendations. Stay thingy, do good things. And I'll see you next week.